This is Shutters Inc. with Bruce Williams and Glenn Lavender. Hi, and welcome to episode uh, 460. Right, Christmas. We are what? back. For, no, Christmas is gone, mate. Already? <laughs> Already. That was like six weeks ago. That was the longest two years of my life, those six weeks. (laughs) Tell me about it. Uh, This is episode 460 of Shutters Inc. I am Bruce Williams from ShuttersIncPodcast.com, and that there is Mr. Glenn Lavender from CreativePhotoWorkshops.com.au. Happy New Year. (laughs) Happy New Year. (laughs) We're halfway through, but it's the first time. The New Year feels like it. It does. It already feels like uh, January was was, was a long 10 weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I was exhausted by the end of it. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, we're here. How was your Christmas? Um, it was mostly non-eventful. Okay. We didn't do much this year. We just sort of bummed around, did a bit of day trips, and yeah, that's about it. Yeah, right. Didn't do much. Did, did some work in the backyard. Yep. Uh, yeah, killed a few plants. <laughs> so I, I'm a bit melancholy tonight, just uh, as a... Yeah, so it's just only off air. Yeah, the death in the family tonight. And, yeah, it's a bit uh, rough. Uh, only fifteen minutes or so ago, we found out and uh, had to tell Miss Eight that her fish was dead. <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, she's only had it since Christmas, so yeah, that was about like, four years ago. So, and <laughs> uh, we did warn them when they bought fish that they're precarious things to try and keep alive. Right. <laughs> and um, hers proved the point. You know, yeah. it's got to it's be thankful for that. It's not my parents were lying to the kid. It's gone proved the point. <laughs> so it, uh, a little Japanese, not Japanese, Siamese fighting fish you know, popped oh, its mortal okay. coil this evening. And uh, they're, they're quite did wrong. pretty fish. Well, it's a pretty, well, 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 this one's not so pretty. It's kind of white now. It was oh. a lovely reddy colour, but. <laughs> It's uh, it's not as pretty as it was. Let's put it, <laughs> right. let's put it that one. <laughs> or as active. Uh, they're, 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 they're all males, I found out. Then they, oh, uh, okay. they are very, very attractive uh, little fishies. Yeah. Um, so do we know what boat. killed it? Um, I don't know. Um, I'm thinking lack of water. Maybe we should have put it in some. I didn't. I, I knew they didn't need much, but I assume some obviously might have been part of the clue. I don't know. You left it in the box that it came in. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was like, oh, it was a, add water and serve or something. No, I don't know. It's just it's been very lethargic for a few days, and just just uh, sitting in the bottom of its cage, and um, gone. Yeah, mother, right. mother, daughter's one swimming around. But this one, it's an ex fish. It didn't like the bath of hot oil at all. <laughs> Tell you what, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have put it right next to the, the oven when I was cooking. Good, right? Maybe temperature. <laughs> I don't know. It's fish. You can't keep fish. They're, they're you know, one of those things that are guaranteed to die on you, you know? Right. Okay. You know, kids should not be allowed to have fish. Right. Because <laughs> I will make a note of that. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever have fish when you were a kid? I did not. Did you have some? I had fish and chips. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, um, that's the fish that didn't make it go to. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, no, uh, Max did have fish briefly. Yeah. And now they- now that you mention- question? <laughs> yeah, now that you mention it. <laughs> <laughs> it was very quickly an X wish. Uh, I, I believe that where we went wrong was um, putting uh, breadcrumbs in the uh, fish tank because it clogs up the filter and then they don't get any oxygen. 
<laughs> why why were you feeding the fish breadcrumbs? I don't know, because we didn't have any fish food. <laughs> <laughs> well, I could have done that with the fish. I mean, had the cat food last night. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been an easy solution. Oh, uh, well, one of the cats did like to sit by its little container there and just stare at it. That could have maybe had some effect on its well-being. Right. You know, <laughs> it's a bit traumatised. Maybe a little bit of tension. Yeah, yeah. Like, maybe it was hypertension that got yep, it. Could know. have been. Could have been. But, uh, yeah, so, yeah. Poor, my poor little young ones in the lounge room. I'm a bit, a bit bereft. A bit morose. Yeah. And I thought we'd lost my mum tonight, too. Oh, uh, get, get the phone call from the from the aged care place, and they only the call when something's wrong. Right, they don't call and go. Oh, she's had a lovely day today. <laughs> no, they <laughs> don't, don't do that. And, and but my sister's always first call. So right. if it's five minutes away, and I'm two an hour and a half away, something. So, yeah, right. So, but it's ringing. You look down and go, oh no, it's the place. Oh, no. <laughs> this can't be good. <laughs> oh, she's had a fall. Oh, oh tell us what's that's okay. She's she's not injured, fortunately, but. Um, for a while there, I thought, here we go, fish and a mum all in one night. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> at least it wasn't that. <laughs> exactly. It's bloody hard to flush down the toilet by my mum. You've tried before, have you? <laughs> in my youth, when I was a bit of a, a bit of a rat scallion of a, uh, of a teenager. Yeah. Right. So how's your Christmas been? Has um, it been good? It was it was nice and uh, it was reasonably relaxed. We had a big group arrive, uh, you know, family group arrive mid-afternoon on Christmas Day. And so we had a big you know, evening get-together and I think we had about 15 or 16 people here and all bar one of them stayed the night. And, no. uh, and then we did a big fry up on the barbie for breakfast on boxing day and then they all shot through by lunchtime it was great oh, <laughs> yeah. they're gone they're gone we get so, the good food yeah and, and, the and then good drinks. and then uh new year's eve we traditionally kath and max when he was younger and i we would go down to the waterfront at gosford and we would take our picnic table and our esky with some bubbles and uh, some, you know, cold meats and cheeses and whatnot, and we'd sit there and watch Jesus. the fireworks. Yeah. And, uh, and he likes the cold meat, I'm told. That's right. And uh, this year, of course, or last year as it was, uh, they called it off because... Well, no, of course, we had, no one else knows. Yeah, well, we had, you know, the state was 90% of it was on fire, and it was a horrendously windy afternoon and so they said no too risky to have fireworks so they canned the fireworks at the last minute so uh, we just came home and sat in front of the telly and just watched the fireworks on the tv from sydney so yeah a fair bit of it became a little bit political i think about whether they should yeah. do fireworks or not as well you know? yeah yeah oh, you shouldn't be doing fireworks when half the state's on fire and you shouldn't be doing fireworks when people are losing their homes and i don't necessarily agree with that no I, yeah. I, I don't agree with that simply because the amount of planning that goes oh. into organizing the sydney fireworks like they i mean yeah. they start on it now and it yeah, takes them the you know year. 10 months to get ready for it you know and the and money's the cost, already the spent it's not spent, it's not yeah, like yeah. yeah it's not like the money is sitting there in the kitty and can suddenly be diverted to the fire effort yeah. because it's yeah. already been spent exactly and then all the cafes all the people who put staff on yeah. they're all going to lose money they're all gonna, it's all yeah. terrible i mean it's a massive economic um 
you know, impact if they, if they cancelled that stuff. Oh, so massively. Know, you got to look after everybody, not just the people who've lost their houses. Yeah. So, you know, these people might be losing their businesses if, they, if that's the case, you know? Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so that was that was Christmas and New Year up here. Yeah, we served with, uh, for those international listeners, uh, as you know, as you probably heard on, from what I can gather, there's a fair bit of news coverage we've had and continue to still have, I might say, some yeah. fairly significant fires in the country. A friend of mine's house is, uh, there were door knocking yesterday, telling them that maybe might have to evacuate. And then today, oh, it's okay, the winds change. And well, tomorrow might not be any good, though. You might lose your house tomorrow. And, yeah. yeah. A friend of mine owns a Christmas tree farm. All yeah. right. Those suckers like to go up. Yeah. yeah those are, you know, it's your entire livelihood of in those trees. Yep. And yeah, pine loves to burn. Yep. So well, she's had a harrowing. This has been going ongoing since yeah you know, September. Christmas. But yeah, well, for her it, directly, it, there's been a line of fire since Christ, since Christmas. Yeah, right. And daily, it keeps coming, going, coming, going. Wow. <laughs> she's had to evacuate multitudinal times. Yep. And that's a yeah fairly stressful thing to be in. But absolutely. Uh, so so and realistically, we're not into the hot part of the year yet. So no. Yeah. You know, the the real fire months are yeah. You know, this month and next month. Yeah. That's going to be a bit, uh, yeah. a bit well, scary. Well, in, in New South Wales, we have had fires continuously since September of last year. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's just it's unbelievable. And, uh, yeah, but there's no such thing as global warming. At That's least. right. That's, That's it. it. <laughs> That's a benefit there. My, my, my wife's aunt just put on Facebook before, though, uh, a quote from uh, David Attenborough. Oh, yeah. And it's... Um, if climate if climate change people are wrong, we've cleaned up the world for nothing. Yeah. If climate deniers are wrong, we all die. Yeah. Yeah. Given the choice. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I'd rather we just clean up for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and, and so be it. You know. Yeah. Anyway, enough of the doom and gloom. Let's talk about some other horrible stuff. Um, <laughs> No, have you, have you done anything photographic over the over the period? I did do a a little shoot a couple of weeks ago, but I'm not overly impressed with it. Oh, <laughs> so, so we, we're we're just going to pass on that. No, this is even more better. No, because I don't have the images here. I can't even show them to you. It doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Oh, okay, let's talk about why you weren't happy with it. Um. Well, so give us a give us a brief synopsis. Was it Red Riding Hood? Or no, 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 no. It was it was a it was a girl a girl who posted on the oh, I can't think of the precise name of the Facebook group, but it's like TFP models, blah blah blah. And she said, you know, would love to shoot if anyone's interested. And so I put a link to my Instagram and said, yeah, be keen, you know. And she came back and said, yeah, love your work, would love to. And so. We agreed to meet up at uh, Wiseman's Ferry, which is uh, about halfway between where she lives and where I live. Uh, so it was about an hour, hour's ride on the motorbike for me. Yeah, it, it was, uh, yeah, it was middle of the day. Uh, we actually, actually, having said that, we did a lot of indoor stuff at the Wiseman's Ferry Hotel. Oh, okay. How'd you organise that? Um, I basically just walked into the bar and I said to this guy, I said, is the manager around? And he goes, oh, no, he's not here at the moment. And I went, oh, right. I said, I was just wondering if I could take some photos upstairs with a with a friend. And he goes, yeah, mate, that's fine. It's a museum. It's open. Go for it. So, 
<laughs> so I don't know that he understood that I was bringing yeah, in a yeah. softbox and a light stand. <laughs> he might have thought you and your friend wanted to take photos upstairs. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, um, so we went upstairs and we, we did a couple of shots on the balcony uh, in the shade and then we did some stuff inside, which was this great old museum. In the, this is in the upper layer of the Wiseman's Ferry pub. If anyone's in yeah. Sydney and has ever been up to Wiseman's Ferry, the pub is a great place for lunch. But upstairs, there's this old, you know, room, like it's one massive room, but they've subdivided it into four different types of rooms. Um, So one is set up like a a living room, one is set up like a dining room, one is set up like a kitchen, and the other quarter is just like a wooden bench with all sorts of old artefacts. But all of these rooms, these spaces, are reflective of, you know, early Australian pioneer lifestyle, you know. So nice. as a backdrop, it has had the potential to be really good, but I, I think I rushed myself and mm. I didn't get the right angles. There was this great lounge that I just I couldn't get a nice shot square onto the lounge because there was a picture hanging on the wall behind it and no matter which way I angled my softbox I was always getting a reflection of the softbox off the glass from the picture and yeah there was just a a bunch of things that worked against me and you know it's probably a combination of being a little out of practice and yeah all the usual crap but but also there's that I, I, I suffer exactly the same thing when I'm in a place where you should be able to take good photos. Yep. Uh, no, 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 what a great location this is. I find it harder to shoot in great locations than in crap ones. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know if it's because there's no there's no pressure to take great photos in crap locations. And if you pull something out, it's like, oh, my goodness, that's, that's yeah, true. from there. Yep. Yeah, but when you're in somewhere amazing and epic, you know, imagine you get to get, you got to go to a French castle or something. Yeah. Yeah. And all of a sudden the pressure to take really good photographs yeah. of people in the, and, and it's, it's a lot harder, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I, I find the same. I actually find it easier or less stressful to shoot in average locations than good ones. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Um, I'm just going to grab one of these images and I'll flick it through to you. This was probably my favourite of the whole shoot. And this was... The least worst? Yeah, that's it. Uh, And so this was... We'd done some stuff in the pub, and I was... Even though I'd been given the okay to go upstairs and shoot, I was kind of a little bit... You knew it wasn't quite right. Yeah, exactly. And I'm thinking, oh, at any moment, you know, someone's going to come in and see what we're up to and going to go, oh, you can't be doing that here, you know. And the more pressure again. Yeah, exactly. Um, And so I'd said to the model... I said, oh, look, as I was riding here from Gosford, I was coming through this place. It's only, it's just across the river and and there's a car ferry, which I had had to come across on the bike. I said, we can go across on the ferry. The ferry runs every 10 minutes, so it won't take you long to come back. And I said, this location is just three kilometres up the road. And it's basically a field with these massive gum trees that have all been grown in straight rows oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh and so i sort of sold her on the idea and she went yeah it sounds great so uh so we went across on the ferry and she followed me along to where this field was and we went in and grabbed a couple of shots there just at the end of our shoot and i mean we only shot for a couple of hours so 
Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if you've got that photo yet. Where did it come through? Uh, on email. Oh, you should have told me that. Sorry. <laughs> emails. Okay. 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 She about four foot tall. Yeah. <laughs> about three and a half foot. Three and a half foot wide. Don't be like that. <laughs> See, the problem is with the red and white spots, it doesn't look like a beach ball. <laughs> oh, that's harsh. It's true, though. <laughs> oh, dear. So, yeah, so that was probably the last shot of the day. Um, yeah, she's looking a bit of a worried look on the face. Um, okay. Tell me, can, can I I'll ask a question first? Because uh, I've only got this one image to go on. Yep. Okay. Uh, why did you go to that location? Because I like the trees. The I great like, long rows of trees? Yep, I like the vanishing lines, yep. Where are they in the photo? On the sides and going up to the back. No, there's some ground. lines on the side. You couldn't tell the trees necessarily. Well. It could be anything. It could be, <laughs> look at it, it could be pylons from a pier. Yeah. They could, you know where they are because you were there. But you went for these great big majestic strands of trees and chopped them all off. <laughs> okay, if you say so. Okay. Now, She's I still the like tallest, the leading lines. The, but the leading lines would have still been there if you'd aimed higher. Why would I have aimed higher? I'd have cut a feet off. No, you would have included the feet, but shot up higher, so you would have got the try. Actually, it's probably not shot a bad up idea. Higher. So, well, you should have been. You should. Hey, how tall was she? Four foot? <laughs> I don't know. Three and a half foot? Five foot, yeah. Well, she looks three and a half in the photo because she's shooting down on her. I'm not You're shooting down on her. I'm shooting her on a 200mm lens from about 15 metres away. You look like you're shooting down. You've compressed her down. Now, imagine what would have happened if you'd been down low shooting up at her. Yeah. She would have been raised up in the scene and looked taller. Okay. That would have also brought in the trees. Fair enough. Which is the reason why you went to the location. <laughs> um, I now, think I'm sure you've got other shots of the trees, and I'm sure you I have. do. You must have. I do. But I've only got this one shot to look at. Yeah. And the ways to improve that is if you want to say, well, I'm at this location, you have to show the location. Yeah. And it doesn't. It shows some. Okay, I can see some lines, but it doesn't necessarily tell me the trees. And what makes them even look less like trees is a little bit of black at the bottom and then light at the top. Right. You know, it, it, it looks like the yeah. There's a darker tone than a lighter tone. Yep. I don't. I don't associate trees to look like that. Right. Okay. You, I mean, you, you think that tree kind of looks all the same tone all the way up at the at the bark. Usually. But these have this. Usually. Yeah. But these all have a fairly not uniform. These all have a black yep. portion at the bottom. Yep. Followed by a light portion further up. Um. So it, it doesn't instinctively tell me tree. And because you've done that great job of the compression and compressed them all together even further, having no not much of a gap between them makes it look more like a solid wall. Yeah. Less so that trees. You know, yep. My mind doesn't you know I know what they are by looking at them because you told me where you were. Yeah. If you hadn't told me where you were, I might have yeah, you know, I'm sure I'd have still would have figured out what it was. But but yeah, so the couple of things I would have done is I would have brought the light a little bit closer to you. Right. Maybe four or five feet closer to you. Okay. Um, to, to wrap around her face more. Once you've got this, this ugly bit of spill over her, onto her left, her left, our right, camera right cheek, um, you see a little bit of spill there? Oh, uh, yep, just above her mouth, yep. Uh, on the cheek. So you could, it either would have brought her face slightly further away from me, if that's where you wanted the light, 
yeah. I would have pulled the face slightly further away. So she wasn't actually looking at you in the shot, but that would have wrapped the light around or brought the light around a bit further if you wanted to look at my look at my look at my look. Yeah. See, my problem is I can't see that little spot on her cheek when I'm looking at the back of the camera. Um, but that's where you zoom in on the photo to have a look. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I know. You, well, I know. And when you're shooting 200 mil from that distance, I agree. It's 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 tricky. Yeah. But um, the the thing is, you kind of got to do that before you move on. Right. Because if you don't, if you're if you're shooting that distance, it's all looking good, and the only thing is small in the frame when you look when you're reviewing the images. It, you, you're missing vital information, and then you get home, and then maybe you see it on the bigger screen. You go, "Oh, look at that!" Yeah. But so what you should have been doing is some zooming on the face, just double checking where it's all spilling. I mean, the exposure wise is all good and all that sort of stuff. There's no no real yeah. drama. There. It looks soft, but that could be just the um, the low res file you've sent me. I mean, she doesn't look sharp in any way, shape, or form. Mm, okay. I mean, yeah, to me, she's she's quite blurry. Right. But um, that you, you, you got that your beer goggles on, mate. Oh, well, actually, I haven't got any goggles on door. That's going to be half the problem. <laughs> but once again, it could be just... Because no, I'm, I'm zooming, zooming in on, on it, and, and she does look sharp in, in... Yeah, so I'm sure it's just the file you sent and my crappy iPhone 11 Pro Max. Yeah. Um, Rubbish. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, but yeah, yeah. so, I, so the, the things, I would, have, I would have got rid of those bits of bark behind her. Right. As well. So I'd have been the there all week trying to get rid of all that bark. Yeah, but there's, there's one, two, three, there's about six there that form shapes and solid lines. Oh, okay. The ones immediately behind one. her. Yeah. Yeah, there's a big one. Not all the I didn't bring a rake. Yeah. Like the, ground, the grass under there looks really nice. If you, if you, if you just take all that away. Um, that's just, just those half a dozen behind the back of her legs. Um, because they, I don't know, do they stop your eye? going further in the frame. Hey, and here's something else that's kind of weird as well. When you go back about a couple of feet from that, you see you've got the grass and the leaves start again or the yeah. bark starts again. Yeah. It's almost a straight line. Right. See, see from the, the, across the frame, you see there's other, that other light bit of bark sort of um, bum height uh, on her right-hand side, on our right-hand side of screen. See that? Can you see the light bit of bark? Oh, yes. Yep. Okay, so, that, so there's a line literally above that all the way across to the edge of the frame and on the other side of her body all the way across. It almost looks like it's a backdrop. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's like, it's like there's the wall and yep. the rest of the print goes up. <laughs> <laughs> it's just got a bizarre perspective thing that's happening. And the more I see it, the more I can't unsee it. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, that's funny. Um, <laughs> mind you, I have, ju- I have just been watching the band OK Goes. Oh, yeah. Uh, film called The Writings on the Wall, which is all this bizarre perspective stuff. And that oh, was just- yes. That's a great one. Oh, it's fabulous. It's fabulous, yeah. Yeah. But um, I had, I had a thing. <laughs> I had a feeling it was um, it, it was it's just doing my head in from watching that. So, uh, so, yeah, so, and I'm sure you've got other ones where maybe you shot down a bit lower I've, to raise the frame a bit more. And I mean, you just sent you one more. When you're shooting slightly shorter, slightly portlier people, yeah, you everything you can to raise them in the frame because they're going to look. Yep. Yeah, taller and possibly thinner. And I think uh, actually, actually, now that I think back on this, the reason I didn't shoot lower down was because it was late in the afternoon and the sun was coming. Even even though it was behind cloud, it was basically shining directly down that avenue of trees, and I didn't want to blow out the sky. 
Could now look that, great. Now that I think, well, maybe it would have. Maybe it would that's, that's kind of the look these days, isn't it? Washed out, blown out skies. <laughs> For you know, with the big glowy yeah. backgrounds of bouquets and flowers and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, maybe. There's no know. flowers there, though. Yeah. <laughs> you went to the wrong forest. <laughs> yes. Uh, did you get the second uh, shot? Not yet. It's coming. Oh. It's coming. Okay. It's coming. It's coming. <sighs> look, it's, I just don't think the pose against the tree yeah back straight against the tree is overly flattering right uh, i would have just got maybe a little bit more of an angle sort of brought her her left hip closer into the tree a bit oh okay just to try and change some of those angles a little bit because yeah so once again she's not your your you know vogue you know size 0.02 of a model you know, sure yeah you know, i ate a grain of rice in 1973 and hasn't needed to eat since yeah uh kind of girl <laughs> so so you've got to kind of work a little harder to to, to be a, a little bit more conscious and anytime where there's no gap between um the object mm-hmm. uh, like in this case tree trunk and the subject it kind of makes the subject bigger right it's like when you have your arm down your side, touching your side, yeah, you know, your body is in the photo is yep. as wide as your arm to arm. Right. Yeah, whereas if you you pull that arm out into a nice little jaunty little V, there's that gap between your arm and your body it gives you a bit of it thinifies you a little bit. Right. And I think the same might have applied with the tree. Yep. Um, but again, yeah, I like your lighting. I mean, I think you've done well with your, your exposure across. The, if you said the sun's blasting down those trees, yeah, you've done a nice job with with, with you know balancing your ambience and your flash and uh, i like the overall mood of the shots yep if that's yeah uh, so so I know, I know you weren't overly thrilled with the shots that's yeah it's probably all, all everything i'm saying is probably what was subconsciously in the back of your head and plus yeah. you're probably a bit yeah tired and not really into it and yeah and you're a bit rusty so it's all a bit harder than it normally needs to be and yeah so i get all that sort of stuff we all have days like that but i think overall forget posing wise overall control of your lighting was excellent cool Thank you. Yeah, so it's not, not a complete disaster. No. It's close. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not a complete disaster. Um, Excellent. All right. So you did, well, you did a bit of photography. That's good. Yep. Yeah, that's more more, more than, yeah, you got out and shot someone you didn't know, which is more than I did. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, I, I, I photographed my mother at uh, Christmas to, yeah. Okay. She's never as long as she's going to be around for to get, get there to get the coffin shot in. Yep. Uh, after tonight's phone call, I thought I was about to pull it out and keep <laughs> it might, out. might no, have no. to process it. <laughs> <laughs> might have get the damn thing printed out. Um, I've got my house set up as a smart house over oh, the Christmas period. Right. Yeah, so I've, I bought a bunch of uh, AI gadgets and Wi-Fi um, lights and wi- and some new security cameras from this uh, American company called Wise. Oh, okay. These, yep. Basically, basically $25 security cameras. I think you mentioned these last year. Yeah. So I finally got them. Cool. They arrived, and I set and, and I put them up on. I think it was last Sunday. I got them finally put up, and bloody marvelous. Yeah, right. For Twenty five bucks. Yeah, they're sticking up outside. They've, I've covered every corner of the house. Uh, they're sending me notifications every time they. Now here's the thing: they, they, they don't. This is how they keep them cheap. I guess they don't have uh, motion detection per se. Oh, okay. They have they have pixel shift detection. Right. So if the pixels change between shot A, or, you know, frame A and frame B significantly, yep. it denotes it as movement. Right. So it's actually, the, the, actually what's on the sensor as opposed to what's out in the world. Yeah, nice. Which is quite a different concept of technology. I thought it was pretty smart. Yeah. So, you know, if a tree 
branch blows in the wind, for example, yep. um, it's in a different position in the frame than it was a minute ago. And so, oh, well, this frame had only these pixels, and now it's got these other ones. Something must be there, and it sends an alert. Yep. Um, a good example at night time, when my back neighbour turns his light on, it yep. sees the light come off in the distance, and yep. it thinks there's something there, sends an alert. Wow. Know? So it's quite, quite impressive technology, I thought. Yeah. yeah, for for a twenty five by camera. You know? Yeah, I'm not expecting red beams and all this kind of stuff to, <laughs> to, to pick up everything, but it links in with all my existing stuff. So, so they're really really good. And then we got these these Alexa smart devices. I shouldn't say that too loud. She'll she'll wake up and start saying, "What do you want?" Yeah. Um. <laughs> and so so now they're in the kids' bedroom, in the lounge room, in the kitchen, they're in my bedroom. And if I'm lazy and in bed and I want the kids to get up, I can just <laughs> drop into their bedroom thing and talk to them. Right, yeah, like like a, like a like a speaker system. Yeah, right. Uh, all light globes in the house and their Wi-Fi. Yeah, so I can turn them on by voice. I can turn them. On. We never had dimmable lights in our house, as an example. Yeah, and so in the lounge room where we have two lights in the ceiling, I can have a bright one for my wife and a dim one for me. Yeah, yeah nice. Being the dim. <laughs> so that's, that's, been, that's been a bloody marvelous thing, and uh, I can I can be watching uh, a show because some of them have screens. I can be watching a show on my uh, on my TV. Yeah, go to the kitchen to cook some dinner. Transfer it to watch it on the screen in the kitchen. Oh, okay. And then if I have to, if I have to go out to scouts or something to, to pick the kids up and wait for the kids, I can finish watching it on my phone. Cool. Which is which is quite, quite remarkable technology. Um, so that, so that's been that's been really good. So I've I've, I've uh, lusted after all those things and I've just about sated. All my all my need for smartphone stuff. So now I'm onto NAS. NAS is my next obsession. Oh, okay. Yep. I, I started going for for NAS gear. So I've been researching, researching, researching NASs, and they're expensive, Bruce. Yeah, they are. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know what the acronym is, it is Network Attached Storage. Yes. Yeah. So in other words, hard drives, not in your computer, but in a box somewhere else. Yeah. Effectively, isn't it? To dumb it down even more further. That's right. Um, so, so I've been recent, and the boxes are reasonably expensive. Not not you know stupid expensive, but three, four hundred, yeah, five, seven, nine hundred, depending what you're buying. Depending sure. on how many bays they've got, how many how many hard drives they take, and how much RAM and processing power, and all this sort of stuff that they have. Yep. So I've been I've been lusting after all them. And then you're going to buy the drives, and they're bloody expensive too, of course. Yeah. But the great thing about these things, for anyone who hasn't got one, let's say you get a four-bay box that holds four hard drives. Mm-hmm. Um, one of those, let's say they're all four terabytes. So you've got 16 terabytes of hard drives. Yep. 12 terabytes is accessible to use for storage. Right. And four protects the other the other things. So if a, if a drive fails, it's basically backed up to this, to this the fourth drive. Right. So you can never actually you can never actually lose data. They kind of spread the data over three. I've never drives. understood that. I I know I know there's some trickiness that goes on in the background, but I've never understood how some mathematical formula that yeah <laughs> how one four terabyte drive can save twelve terabytes of data from getting lost. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's a chance you're not going to lose all three drives at once, realistically. I know. One, but the the four, then, the four terabyte that's doing the backup duties, it doesn't know which one might fail. <laughs> no, but, no, but, no, no, no. It, that, so I don't know how it works, but but you can pull out. But they don't hold data the way we think they hold data. No, so I can kind of get it. You don't like it doesn't just like hold one file on drive one and a different file on drive two and a different file that holds a bit of each one of each yeah. file on all three drives. Yeah, the best I can gather. Yeah, and. and it, 
and it the computational analysis of the bits that have been stored are stored on the fourth one. Yeah. So the fourth one's got the computational analysis. If one drive fails, you pull it out, you put a new one in, your backup one knows what parts are missing and it rebuilds somehow the data. Yeah, right. That's crazy. Complete, complete magic and mystery to me. So, I mean, so, but yeah, they're expensive, as I said. So, um, uh, I kept looking around, oh, can I buy, look at second hand? And everyone said, don't buy second hand, you know, what condition the drives are in and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then just yesterday, just yesterday, I saw a mate of mine, the guy who does all my video work for me, did a review on a, on a NAS drive. Okay. And I thought, oh, and, and then I remembered he'd done quite a few of these reviews over the years. Um, so I've dropped him a message and said, um, yeah, you don't have to have any old ones laying around because I think I could trust him. Yeah. I knew him. You don't have to have any old ones laying around, do you? And he goes, no, no, no. I've only got this, this new one that I did the drive, the test on. You can have that if you want. <laughs> so I, yes. <laughs> so he, he gave me a $750 NARBO, uh, NAS box. Wow. Is, uh, just very nice of him. No drives. But, no, uh, but even so, the box very, alone. Very yeah, that's 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 yeah, bloody lovely. It's a far better one that I ever would have bought for myself. So yeah. I'm pretty wrapped about that. And sometime if I save my pennies over the next you know eight or nine years, I can afford the drives to go in. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so so as that process builds up, I'll let you know how how that how that goes on. But um, yeah, cool. It's been it's been a, a quite an interesting saga, learning all that sort of stuff. And funnily enough, at the same time, uh, Narbox mm-hmm. just did a whole new update. And they and so so their their NAR boxes are now compatible with NAS drives. Oh, so basically, you come home, just plug your your NAR box straight into your NAS box. Yeah, and it transfers straight over, keeping all the file structures, everything just straight the way through. Sweet, bloody awesome. That's nice. Nice. Um, I started uh, with my video mate. I've just been talking about. We started a new project just yesterday as well. Um, right. Basically, it's a travel documentary series on using phones rather than cameras to take photos. Yeah, right. So uh, there's myself and uh, another co-host, and uh, we're filming in Melbourne, but the goal is to try and sell it to other locations that we come in and do a, uh, yeah, basically a travel show in your city, in your town, in your country, whatever it may be, uh, but based all around shooting with phones and for the average Joe Punter as opposed to a photographer. Yeah. So kind of interesting to spend the full, yeah, seven or eight hours filming in Melbourne yesterday doing that. Got nice. nicely sunburnt. sunburnt. <laughs> oh, then uh, all day today, I've been uh, working on getting my visa for India organised. Oh, okay. Oh my god! Painful. Oh. <laughs> First up, the website is an absolute dog's breakfast. <laughs> I mean, it is. And you know, remember those those sort of websites you used to go to when the internet first started out? And there's like 15 pop-up windows. Yeah. Every part of the page had different boxes with stuff going on yeah. in it. It's like that. And rainbow-coloured okay. fonts. Absolutely. All the colours of the rainbow <laughs> and, are there. Uh, and, and every font imaginable used for each paragraph. It's all, it's <laughs> all there. And... <laughs> So, you know, it's an e-visa, so I've gone, I've clicked in there, and I've gone all the way through. And, and every time you change to the next page, of it, there are lots of pages of information. And every time you go to the next page, it's not my first time at bat with these people on this website, I might add. <laughs> right. So I'm kind of, I was prepared going in. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I've gone in and I've, I've, I've you know, finished the whole damn thing. Yeah. comes up to payment, and it says, we recommend you wait two hours before putting through your payments. 
to ensure that the, the, the whole process has been lodged so the payment works. <laughs> okay. And your session will time out in two hours and five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, no, so, well, the session lasts about five minutes. Um, but, right. you've got, but, you've got, but here's, here's your, this is your reference number. Blah, blah, blah. Great. Just a couple of hours go by. Go back. Go on the website. There's nowhere to enter to the reference number. There's nowhere to log back in. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm looking, I'm searching, I'm searching. And I finally found this one area where to complete your, your application. Um, and then, so I go in there, oh no, your number, so they had two numbers, one number while you're doing the application, one for the payment, say so oh. it's complete. So I tried the one that, um, for, see if I could go back into not quite finished completing and finish it off. Oh no, that one's already been done. Okay, so I tried the the, the new number, oh no, uh, nothing happens. Every time you hit the, the page just goes blank. Then I eventually found a uh, check up on your payment or pay now. There we go. Click on that. Doesn't work. <laughs> There's a phone number. 24-7 helpline. Nice. Give it a call. The number you're calling is no longer connected. Oh. <laughs> right. So There's a website. Or an email address. <laughs> so I'll send an email with my reference number and everything else. Not, not an hour or so later, I get an email back. And it's from some Indian company. Yeah. <laughs> that organises visas for tourists at a pay-to-play, you know? If you're having trouble getting your visa organised, we will do it for you oh, yeah. for a fee. But how did they get my information? Yeah. I'm dealing with what's supposed to be a secure government website. Yeah. If someone's either fishing off that website or someone's in there saying, hey, try this guy, he's having, he's having troubles. Yeah. So someone's someone's doing some backhanded payments. Yeah. So, so I said, ah, oh, bugger. I'll, I'll, I'll do another application. I'll pay straight away. Yeah. So I went to all the rigmarole and loading all of it back up, got to the second last page. My daughter rushes in. Oh, I forgot. We're going to get a piano lesson. Oh. So I rush her out the piano, come back, sessions timed out. Oh. Start again, go all the way through the whole thing. Are you kidding? Get to it. And there's two options there's uh, yeah, Visa or PayPal. So I said, I'll do PayPal, like PayPal, so it feels secure. Do PayPal, comes up with the password, type in my password, incorrect password. Oh, Session timed out. Oh, what? I have to go through the whole, I have to do the whole thing. It's about 16 pages or something. Oh. Do the whole thing again. I get there, I'll get this for a joke. I'll just go straight to Visa, to, uh, go straight to the Indian bank. Yeah. Goes there, put my name, the credit card number, everything else, hit the button. Invalid URL. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and that, my friend, is where we're at. So I still think no visa. Uh, I'm thinking you're like, not meant to go to India, mate. <laughs> the specified URL is unex- inaccessible at this time. Please try after some time. <laughs> and, of course, you can't refresh and you can't go back because yeah. it's a banking page. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm, I'm six applications in for zero. Wow. So that's a bit of fun, That's day. appalling. That's pretty good. Um, let's see. Um, and then, of course, I've been trying to nut down. We've had problems with India in the past where this is happening on this date at this time in this place. Yep. And you get there, there's nothing there but a couple of chickens walking across the road. <laughs> yeah. This is, <laughs> this is common. Right. Or, oh, no, we've shifted the dates. 
Right. Is, so I'm trying to nut down exactly my holy itinerary and just trying to get – I want to go from here to – where do I want to be on any any given hour of any given day? Yeah. 14 different websites, 14 different lots of information. Oh. For exactly the same thing. And, and we're talking about things that vary over five weeks of time period. Right. Then I was fortunate, though, Bruce. Mm-hmm. I was very lucky. I found the everything you want to know about the Holy 2020 Holy in India page. Yeah. And it starts off, you know, I, I had the problem when I tried to, to go to the Holy where information was all over the place and you couldn't get anything. Well, here is the one and, the, one and only site you need to go to for everything you need to know about Holy in India in 2020. That's the intro. Right. Yep. It then proceeds a whole bunch of listings for all the information you want for 2016, 17, 18, and 19. Oh, <laughs> it's like he's done the intro and forgot to do the rest. <laughs> uh, that's been fun, you know. Oh, and uh, what else has happened? I've got some new, th- I've got some new think tank gear for my uh, trip to Holy as well. Some new hydrophobia stuff. I'm going to test out their oh, okay. wet weather gear to protect cameras and see how that goes. So that'd be kind of interesting. Nice. Only bit of new kit other than my NAS drive uh, of late, and uh, yeah. the. Only other thing that sort of happened is my eldest started high school. Yeah, the dramas associated with high school starting. You know, and uh, how's she? How's she taking that? Well, you know, excited the first day, very excited, up early, dressed. Yeah, go. You know, gets to school. They've changed the class she's in. So the cl- oh. class she was in for induction day, where she didn't know anybody, but she made three or four friends and kind of got a bit of a feel for the thing. And it was really good. Yeah. Comes back, they moved to a different class, and none of those people are in it. Seriously, you can't, you can't write this stuff, you know. And, <laughs> um, and, but anyway, she's settling amazingly. She, she's loving it to pieces, which is uh, which is fabulous. And it turns out one Come of on. my old photographic mates, his wife's one of her teachers. Oh wow! One of her uh, visual art teachers. That was his, uh, oh, cool. So uh, he can tell me the real gossip about what's going on at school. <laughs> what's, she really, what's she really doing? Is she really behaving well? Yeah. So yeah, nice. my summer anyway. Uh, uh, the ups, the downs, the in betweens, the dead. Yeah. We meant to squeeze forty-five minutes of uh, of nothing. Yeah. Sorry. We meant to squeeze in forty-five minutes of nothing so far. Yeah, we have. We have. Which is fantastic. To be expected for the first one back. Yeah. Talk about too much photographic stuff, do we? We could probably save all these things for <laughs> next week and save us even less effort next week. <laughs> you think? I think we can cover them. Really? But then I'll have to look yeah. next week. No, I might not have to. No. Let's just do yours. We won't have to. Okay. Uh, and <laughs> then, we, then, we, then we might have to mention the uh, the dollar conundrum. The dollar conundrum. Oh. Okay, the, 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 tease for the end of the podcast. Wow. talked about it on the phone the other day. Yeah, we did. Dude. Anyway, um, so I've, I've got a YouTube link that I'm going to throw up in the show notes. So Di Tommaso, a, a guy by the name of Alessandro Di Tommaso, was an Italian car manufacturer. Uh, and I can't I think it was Ferrari. It was either Ferrari or Lamborghini. He really, really, really wanted to work for them. And I and I, I, I have a feeling it was Ferrari, and he was actually personally snubbed by Enzo Ferrari. Oh, that's good. Hey, if you're going to get snubbed, go to the top. Yeah, exactly. So he thought, stuff it. If you're going to be like that, 
I'm going to start my own car company. I'm going to build my own cars. And uh, and he went to a company called Pin and Farina, who do all the coach work for Lamborghini and Ferrari, wow. uh, and had them design the bodywork for his car um, or series of cars. Uh, and, and when I was uh, oh, about 18, I absolutely was in love with the Di Tommaso Pantera. And uh, I happened to see something... Yeah, exactly. Uh, I happened to see something only a few weeks ago about it on the on the web, and it led me down this rabbit hole. And uh, apparently, Di Tommaso has come back, and they've released this car called the P seventy two. And I I think I did read what the number meant, and I can't remember what it was. But anyway, I came across this YouTube video of this commercial photographer who did the professional photo shoot for the Di Tommaso 972 and this YouTube video is just him going through the whole process of how he shot and lit this car in a studio and then the hundreds of Photoshop layers of you know just cloning in little bits of this layer and a little bit from that layer and until you end up with this just you know like amazing had all those years ago from california yes with for american yes. pride and passion yes so exactly like that yeah 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 so anyway i'll put the link in the show notes for anyone that wants cool to check it out oh yeah hey. absolutely uh you rob coates sent us and see if and send a couple of loners over just to just to test drive <laughs> Yeah, that'd be good, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, ask, Bruce. That's exactly right. So, Rob Co- Rob Coates, my comments on the oh, last episode, that would be the episode we did eight weeks ago. Uh, one, can I suggest, after listening to Glenn's stirring and obviously heartfelt rendition of White Christmas at the start of the last podcast, that should he be serious about giving away photography, I'm sure there'd be a promising future for him as a part-time lift attendant, oh, a pizza delivery scheduler, or a train spotter's assistant. Nah, train's too loud. B. I can't hear the singing. <laughs> yeah. But the lift, the lift attendant's excellent because they get those acoustics. That or shower cleaner. That's it. I can clean B. showers because When I was listening to all those esoteric things one can do with a smartphone, dim the lights, go. surveil one's yes. children, chastise the cat, Do's I the couldn't help but thinking of the shutters ink mantra that just because you can doesn't mean you should. And I can, and I have, and I love it. It's awesome. <laughs> it's... No longer do I have to exercise even remotely, even a finger. Just, I can just tell my TV to put on Netflix now, and it does. <laughs> <laughs> I think so that's a pressing button first, on the remote it, control anymore, Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> Even my finger's going to get fat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can I continue? I don't know. Ken's just going to shot to me, So the first paragraph was numbered one. The second paragraph e. was labelled yeah. B. Third paragraph is labelled B. Oh, it's it's an old one. device, Rob. It's the, an old device. Yeah. You've done it well. The deep and meaningful discussion on photography and sound recording where one can enjoy the process but not necessarily appreciate the end result very much resonates with me every time I look at my children. I like the sport, but I'm not so keen on the trophies. (laughs) And then the fourth one, which is just labelled with two question marks, 
Lastly, and on behalf of my five fellow Shutter Zinc podcast listeners, can I give my deep appreciation of the holiday hiatus you have afforded us by giving us a month well, off. Regards, Rob Coates. <laughs> giving us some bonus time, I think, too, haven't we? Exactly. So you get the thing facetious, you get a couple extra weeks. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Careful what you ask for, you might just get it. Exactly. Unless it's a car, then we make sure we ask that. And if we're lucky, we might get it. That's right. Uh, Adam sent us a few stories. I haven't listed oh, all of bother. them. Let's do this next I week. Just... Oh. <laughs> Mind, he, okay. has mentioned, he has mentioned one that I like uh, that he's done, the yeah. third one down. Oh, yeah. The filmic double take? Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah? Have you been using the app, have you? I've been playing with it tonight. Oh, okay. It basically allows you to use any of the four cameras on your phone at the same time in video. Oh, Oh, this is if you've got, like, the 11 that's got 53 cameras on it. Or four, as I said, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Or even if you've only got two, it lets you shoot with both the front and the back camera at the same time. Why would you do that? Well, imagine you're doing interviews. Oh, okay. Yeah, face-to-face interview. Yeah, yep. yeah, the camera sitting between the two of you, and one's recording one side, one's recording the other side. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then you can imagine you Imagine you're <clears throat> you're doing a, a, a video as you're walking down some exotic street in some exotic country. It's filming the street whilst you're in picture in picture in the corner with your face talking. Okay. It's cool. pretty darn cool. I got to tell you. Yeah. So yeah, kudos to Adam for that one. He got one decent one there, but let him have one. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I'll put that link in the show notes, so I won't bother about the others. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Because <laughs> um, why bother? You know, the rest will. But I will, I will mention a couple of things on my list, though, because it's yeah. me. I'm allowed to. My upscale toot toot, if you see right. that one there. Uh, some guy's got an old 1890s uh, film of a train, of a steam train pulling to a train oh, station. Oh, yes. And upscaled at a 4K 60 frames a second. And my goodness, it is astounding. Yeah. It is, and the detail you, this guy's pulled out of a pretty average bit of film is yeah. Abs- uh, I can only imagine what they're going to be able to do some sort of this old early footage with yep. this sort of technology and just completely revitalize it and bring, yeah. I still like to see the originals because, yeah, that gives you the feeling of the age. But if you yeah. want to see some detail, you know, yeah. sort of like the architectural detail and the clothing and, you know, fashion, yeah. it's astounding. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that, that was pretty darn cool. So That well, was hard cool. I, I did watch that yesterday and thought it was yeah. very cool. I loved it. And the, the last thing I'm going to say is I, I was really, I, I thought it a bit of a state of play of the industry for 2019. Right. A little recap. So according to SEPA's data, which is the, the, the main um, s- the statistics of what's happening with camera sales around the world. So uh, what is SEPA? C-I-P-A. Oh, yeah, yeah so I, I don't know. So it's an acronym, Bruce. Oh, one yeah. of those. You can't import... <laughs> Primary apes or something, you know. <laughs> okay. Sure it is. I, I, I used to know it, but um, it's late. Okay. I'm tired, and I've got a dead fish on the kitchen table. I'm going to bury it tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> it's going to take hours to dig a hole deep enough. <laughs> My bloody smart devices won't do it though, Rob. I'm telling you, I tried. I said, bury fish, <laughs> bury the fish, <laughs> bury the f- nothing. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't right. know that one. According to Sleepers data, though, digital still camera sales decreased by 14% year on year. Wow. DSLR unit sales were down 34%. Yeah. And their value dropped 28% wow. at the time. Mirrorless unit sales dropped by 10%. Wow. So this, yeah, this surge of mirrorless. So the great new hope is not that much of a great new hope. 
Well, it's interesting. It, it dropped. It dropped in, in, in sales volume by ten percent, but it's, it's uh, increased in value by six percent. So they're How selling does that less. Work? Well, they're selling less, but what they're selling is more expensive. Right. So you're not selling the entry level mineralist stuff. The more sort of the slightly higher end stuff. Right. Uh, which is interesting, I guess, in itself. It's all you know, interesting little factoids. Yeah. And uh, fixed lens cameras declined by twenty three percent. Yeah. Right. Which is, which is, once again, when you think about what fixed lens cameras are left, yeah, uh, it, there are quite a few, but they're all these high end, like uh, the, the Fujis, uh, you know, the fixed lens Fujis, the 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 Ricos, the Sony's, Leica. the Panasonics, the Leicas. Yeah. A lot of these, uh, you know, are higher end, but they're all you know, dropping down as well. So, uh, once again, a sales decline of twenty three percent, but the value only dropped twelve percent. Right. So, uh, yeah, once again, some higher end product. Obviously, offsetting that that drop off, but um, that's kind of an interesting state of play. If, if we have that year on year, keep it happening, you know, fifteen twenty percent every year. Mm. Yeah, it's a um, yeah, and so and but I thought definitely the the mirrorless was a was a big a big um, in, a point of interest to me that yeah, uh, a ten percent drop, and and we just saw over the over the the break that Nikon Nikon uh, introduced the D six right. and Canon the X Mark three. So they're yep. two top end pro SLRs, and I'm wondering: is are these the last of the super SLRs? Yeah, is right. The last two we'll ever see, you know, and um, you could maybe all, almost imagine they are. You know, who knows what's gonna? Yeah, if you're if everything's been filmed in 8K video, yeah, and you can pull yeah eight megapixel bloody photos off every every frame or whatever it is, yeah, you know, then shooting at 30 frames a second or 60 frames a second. Is there a need at you know, the Olympics to have sports photographers, as an example? Yeah, yeah. People doing with the images from 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 the Olympics. It's going on news websites. It's going on newspaper. Well, newspaper websites more so than the actual physical print. So the quality doesn't have to be that high, does it? No, and it, yeah. it's they certainly don't need to be forty-two megapixel sensors. Yeah. So I mean, it, uh, as you say, you know, if if everyone's shooting eight K video and you can pull a, an eight megapixel. Um, well, actually, 8K and 8 megapixels are not the same thing. Oh, it's not, um, I don't know what you're about video, though. Um, so 6.8, six, it'll be roughly 48 megapixel anyway at 8K. Um, really? Yeah. Well, that's stupid, isn't it? Because 8K so, is 8,000 along the long edge, and if you assume a, a 3 to 4 aspect ratio, then you're looking at 6,000 on the short edge, 6.8 to 48. I believe you. <laughs> so, I know, the, math, the math's right. The yeah. science, I don't, I, don't, I have so, so, so little interest in. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, well, there you go, isn't it? I mean, if you, if, if the next Olympics is complete, let's say, let's say not this one coming up in Japan, if they go ahead, yeah. but the one after, yeah. um, if, 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 if everything's shot in 8K or higher video, oh, yeah. word. Yeah. Well, it's, another four yeah. years of technological advancement will probably be at the point where there'll be no shutter lag whatsoever on cell phones. Um, yeah, and you know, and you'd be able to just shoot it all on a phone. Yeah, on an eight K. Yeah. <laughs> so there's hope for your travel video show yet, mate. Hey, could be. You never know. Yeah. Uh, this could this could have uh, high high highfalutin possibilities. You never there know. There you go. It's not my idea. It's somebody else's idea. I'm just I'm just the the face. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, one of the faces. But um, and, and I would like to briefly blow my own horn. Please do. Blow and away. say that a week ago, I passed 5,000 subscribers on my Darktable channel. 
Good on you, mate. Yeah, pretty happy with that. Good on you indeed. Well, that's a, that a reasonable effort for 18 months. It is. Work. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And once again, you've got to think about how many people are actually interested in it as well. I mean, well, you're capturing a, a good portion of the market. I think I've pretty much, yeah, I, I, I'm the guy now. You're the man. Yeah, it You're really is because table. because it was so it was so niche when I jumped on it, you know. It, it, I, I I keep seeing people promoting my channel, like Thank where you. I'm not involved in the discussion, which is lovely. It's awesome. Yeah. So, so the, um, yeah, you're you're Mr. D, you're Mr. DT. That's it, that's it. You know, yeah. I throw nose photo. Yeah, that's bro, it. bro knows DT or something. Yeah, I don't know. I have to work on that. That that seems a bit rough. Uh, <laughs> Bruce yeah, knows. Anyway. Uh, so doesn't Bruce? If, yeah. Maybe if you change your name. <laughs> oh, change your name to DT initials DT. Yes. DT knows DT. There you go. Come on. Come on. Yeah, your wife won't mind. She's no. probably not, not a big fan of the name Bruce anyway, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, oh, so shall we, shall we address the elephant in the room? We, yeah, we can briefly. We can briefly. Um, before we recorded, because, you know, anyone who's been listening to this podcast for a while would know that we don't normally leave it until February to come back. And the reason uh, that we've taken a slightly longer break is because Glenn and I had a chat over the over the break about exactly what the future of this podcast should be or should not be. Uh, and at this point, we've made no decisions one way or the other as to potential outcomes, uh, just that we are thinking about either closing it down after 15 years, or we might reduce the frequency of the podcast uh, to maybe once a month rather than once a week. Uh, like I said, this is just stuff that we've kicked around but haven't made a firm decision on yet. Uh, I'm just trying to rationalise where I spend my time and my effort. The reality is that, you know, as I just said, after 18 months, I've got 5,000 subscribers on YouTube and I'm actually earning a little bit of money out of that. Not Certainly not a great amount, but a little bit. Uh, the podcast's been going for 15 years. We've got about 2,500 listeners and it, it makes no money. So so the alternate thought was yep. uh, we set up a Patreon account. We can do that. And look for a dollar an episode. Yep. Get some subscribers on board, one dollar an episode, quarter of a cup of coffee yep. uh, to help cover the cost of running this thing, the time, the efforts. I know yeah, we make light of what we do, but it still requires a commitment from both of us every single week. And yep. um, we hope for a few people there's a value in a dollar and, uh, and that we give a bit of entertainment value for that dollar. And if not, it'll certainly tell us where the future of the podcast is. Absolutely. Because if, if only five people say, yeah, you're worth a buck, then we know we're just <laughs> – Wasting everyone's time doing the podcast. Yeah. You know? Whereas if we can get you know, a, a small core of listeners, yeah, and uh, hey, we might even only do it monthly. It might be a dollar a month or a dollar a fortnight or something. It might you know, yep. be a fairly low impact cost exercise, yep. but hopefully gives some value to Bruce for all the effort he puts in. Once again, to, and I, I make a lot of mistakes during this podcast. I know it's hard to believe. Um, <laughs> I swear a lot, you know, Bruce. <laughs> Bruce takes all the f- swearing out, but um, 
So he's got a lot of audio editing to cut and time and effort to do this every single week. So a little, a little tiny return on that effort would be uh, would be pretty amazing for him, I'm sure. And I wouldn't mind bottle, buying a bottle of wine a month for myself. So, um, <laughs> Absolutely. so yeah, that, so that's where we're at. Killing it all together. And, and, and if we were to kill it, it would be episode 500. Yep. We'd, we'd, put, we'd push. We'd push from the line. Yes, and I said, but you know, I, I would. You know, I, I really think it'd be nice to see um, if the, the the way to know if we have any value in people's yep. lives is a buck. Yeah, you know, that we ask for US. Yep. <laughs> I just made that bit up. <laughs> US, <laughs> US buck. Um, that's like I think the way the US economy is going. It's going to be about four cents for everybody. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just so, yeah, we so should we, we we should have made it pesos, mate. It'd be worth more. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so we've no decisions are made, and maybe hey, if anyone's got some ideas, throw them in the uh, drop us an email, put them on yep. the Facebook page. And another idea that that came across my radar is uh, the model that Sam Harris has taken with his uh, Waking Up podcast, which is that he, he, for those who don't know, he does a, a regular interview with people from all walks of life and it regularly runs two and a half hours and what he has done is yeah it was all given away for free up until about six or eight months ago and then he said what i'm doing is putting the whole episode behind a paywall and the free feed will fade out after an hour and if you want the whole of the podcast then you need to be a supporter and the support can be as little as you know a buck a week or a buck a month or whatever it was my only hesitation with going that route is i've then got to do two lots of the, the podcast every well, I, week. I was thinking i was thinking though that maybe um the longer the podcast the cheaper it gets <laughs> so the more the more they pay the less time we talk for we will edit it to an even shorter exactly <laughs> <laughs> Everyone puts their money in the beginning of the week, and how much has come in is how short the podcast goes for. If go. they're not careful, it could go for two hours, two and a half hours. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, anyway. It, it's a pay to not listen uh, subscription, which is quite, quite different. <laughs> Lots anyway. to consider. Anyway, I will get on to setting up a Patreon account, and we'll see what happens from there. Yeah, so I'd like to be patronised. <laughs> okay. On that what note, <laughs> I'm going to bury a fish. Okay. You do that, mate. Have fun. Bye, everyone. See ya. Shutters Inc. Another audiotu.com quality podcast. For questions, comments, and feedback, email the boys at shuttersinpodcast.com.